Peak Performance knows that according to studies, nearly 30 million men suffer from ED and won't do anything about it. Maybe they're afraid the solution will be painful. Maybe they don't react well to medication. Maybe they're afraid it won't work. Don't be part of that 30 million. Call 1-800-210-8181. That's 1-800-210-8181. Or visit peakperformanceformen.com. Peak Performance. Man at his peak. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hello again, and welcome to the Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create new solutions and hopefully promote evolutionary thinking. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring shamanism, animal wisdom, and integrative veterinary medicine. Without exception, in every shamanic tradition, animals are seen as bringers of wisdom, spiritual power, and personal support as well as holders of unique frequency necessary to the balance of nature. When eaten, they're honored for their sacrifice that people may live. In both spirit and physical form, animals are respected and revered. They're seen as intelligent teachers, vital aspects of a planetary family. What, oh what, has happened to the modern world? Somewhere along the way, we decided animals were unintelligent, subhuman, here for our use, abuse, and manipulation. Totally dispensable if they get in our way. Be it animal testing, genetic engineering, or habitat encroachment, modern society has desecrated these beautiful beings for generations. Now we see whole species going extinct daily. What will happen to the earth when entire bandwidths of frequency are no longer anchored by multiple species? Are we so blind, deaf, and short-sighted that we think it'll have no effect to lose entire tribes of animals while we distort those that remain? Yet there are still some that recognize the wisdom of the animal kingdom, respect the unique frequency and balance they carry, and most importantly, listen to what they have to say. There are a select few who honor the balance and sacredness of the animal kingdom. One such person is with us today. Dr. Janet Varjos has agreed to share some unique enlightening stories about the wisdom and service of animals. Dr. Janet is an Iowa State graduate engaging in a mixed practice specializing in integrative veterinary medicine. Included in her practice is Chinese traditional veterinary medicine, low-level laser, food therapy, 
veterinary orthopedic manipulation, along with traditional veterinary medicine and surgery. Dr. Janet, the mother of two grown children, lives in Colorado with her husband, Mark, and 10 animals. Her website, animalcarepancha.com. That's P-O-N-C-H-A, animalcarepancha.com. Dr. Janet, thank you so much for joining us on The Science of Magic. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. We should have a good time today, I'm thinking. (laughs) What, What drew you to be a veterinarian in the first place? Oh, it was one of those things that I wanted to do ever since I was about nine years old. Like a real calling, huh? Yeah, I think it was, and I didn't know what else I would do if I didn't get in, so luckily I got accepted. <laughs> is it hard to get into veterinary school? It is. It is. It's probably too hard. There's a lot of good people that don't make it. That's too bad. Did you originally plan on being a holistic vet? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> So what drew you down that path? Um, I was a little bit interested in herbs and stuff, but probably my own um, crisis in my life that pushed me to acupuncture, and um, it saved my life. And then I needed to know why and offer it to my patients. So you you started out in traditional veterinary medicine, and then because of something that went on for your life, started looking deeper into it? Yes, and having... Seeing dogs with the same disease I had and giving them the drugs that I wouldn't take, you know, you have to have a uh, kind of a come to Jesus with yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you mind sharing what the condition was? Um, I had an autoimmune disease, and so I didn't have any platelets. My blood wouldn't clot. Mm. And um, they wanted to do surgery, and my gut just said that was the wrong thing. So would and that surgery have been a trans- uh, bone marrow transplant? No, it would have been to remove my spleen, which would have oh, meant that if I got bit by a cat or dog, it would kill me. Not not so, uh, really great in your line of work, right? <laughs> no, no. And if I didn't, then if I got kicked by a horse or something, that would kill me. So. Oh, man. Well, um, it's time for a commercial break. We'll pick up with this on the other side of the break. And Janet and I will return shortly. <laughs> so don't you folks go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Our current episodes are internationally broadcast and aired daily through the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. The Exxon is based in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. In service to our listeners, prior innovative episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Wilda Wiecka. 
Our guest this hour is Dr. Janet Barjos, an Iowa State graduate engaging in mixed practice specializing in integrative veterinary medicine. Her website, animalcareponcha.com. So, Janet, because of your your personal health crisis, that kind of changed your uh, framing for how you wanted to treat your animals. How, How did you start engaging in a more holistic approach? Um, the first thing I did was I took an acupuncture class, and that sparked my interest. Um, and then I started. It was interesting because things just kept opening up, different avenues of treating. Um, I had a horse come in my life that was severely injured, and um, nothing would heal him. And uh, I had a I'd used the laser years ago and I had a feeling that would help him. And eventually after seven months, I broke down and got the laser and in two weeks it healed him. Wow. Tell us about the laser. So it's the kind I have, they call a low level laser. So it works at a 635 nanometer wavelength. Um, That's the wavelength, the light that cells function at. So I program it in to, to blink at different frequencies to resonate with different kinds of cells like a tuning fork would resonate with notes. So basically, so like, you, go ahead. Oh, I like it because it helps the cells heal themselves. You kind of like attuning them, right, to their own frequency. Yeah. yeah. And wow. Which is a lot how acupuncture works and how herbs work. and um, But it certainly um, helped him um, heal. Why do you think it works so well with the horse? Well, I'd had a medical intuitive look at him, and she thought she saw something toxic in his leg, and um, she, the way she described it. And so he, they did another surgery looking for a foreign body, and they didn't find it. So then when I took the laser class, I asked them, how do I heal this? And they, the instructor almost described word for word a black hole of energy that was holding the wound from healing. And um, it was almost the same words that the medical intuitive had seen. So like you were looking at a a, a polarity reversal or a miasm within the tissues. Yes, something something there. So with the laser, I can, um, I use settings to remove that and his leg completely healed. Well, you said something that perked my shamanic ears that you work with a medical intuitive. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I've worked with, um, with that, he can see what I'm doing when I'm lasering and stuff. So that kind of gave my Western brain, a, a more validation, um, of what the laser is actually doing. And I think a lot of the laser somewhat has to do with intention, um, as well as the frequencies. That that's pretty fascinating. So you feel it's an interaction between you and the laser, as well as the uh, the patient. Yeah, I think you have to be um, focused on that to bring your own energy into it. I know that that's absolutely the old forms of acupuncture um, taught that 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 was a, a great part of it. That the practitioner was part of the tool, and it's fun to see that modern day. Uh, equipment is coming on that you can still work with that way. Yes, I think the you know the acupuncturist had a lot of a lot of sense that unfortunately in Western culture we've thrown out, and um, and the fact that it survived two thousand years um, pretty much validates that it does work. And you know when I go ahead. No, go ahead. When I when I was in pre med, I. Um, one of the things that fascinated me is, is they, they, I, they instructed me that our medicine, Western medicine, is based on study with cadavers, where Eastern medicine was based on study with live beings. And if, if you're dead, there's no, there's no energy to track. So it's, it's not surprising that we don't recognize the energetic aspect um, of medicine, do you think? Yeah, that could be it. And um, Western medicine is focused on the symptoms, and um, Chinese medicine is focused on um, the imbalance, I should say. That makes sense. And they were very intuitive because they didn't do surgery or open up cadavers to to see where these acupuncture points were, and yet they often 
coincide where the innervation is to those organs. So fascinating. How how similar are dogs and humans? They're very similar. There's you know they have all the same um, organs and and pathways and um, and you know some of the the Chinese medicine is is newer in animals. It's only about a hundred years or two hundred. And so there's a lot of extrapolation, and and sometimes they learn that's not quite right. But it's for the most part they're very very similar. Very accurate because you, you know you look at their paws and the acupuncture points on our hands. They pretty much correspond, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating, and then we think we're so different, right? <laughs> yes, yes. You know, animals are way more evolved than us sometimes. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, and we will get into that this this session. So would you mind getting us all on the same page, Dr. Janet, and tell us, how do you define integrative medicine, veterinary medicine? What is that exactly? Um, that's kind of my term that I like the best. It means that I combine West, the best of Western and the best of Eastern medicine, or alternative as they call it. Um, some animals come in, and I don't have a good answer for them with Western medicine, my own dog being an example last year went into acute kidney failure and there really wasn't much I could do for him. Um, but I did acupuncture and Chinese herbs and, um, he's 14 and he's doing great. So if he would have been left to just the typical Western approach, he wouldn't be here. Is that correct? I I think so. Um, if I had a dog come in when I was only doing Western medicine and it looked like that kind of blood work, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have given much hope for him at all. Wow. Wow. So with the animals, are you starting to see trends that are different than what have been in the past as far as different illnesses, maybe based on uh, what we're being exposed to? Oh, certainly. Um, I th- and I think they follow the humans because they're so intertwined. But we're seeing inflammatory bowel. We see m- way more thyroid issues. Um, uh, immune, autoimmune problems. Do you think that the animals take on their their owner's uh, difficulty to help them process it? That seems to be the case in some cases. Um, Often animals will have the same disease as their owners. (laughs) You know, and I wonder, are they actually carrying part of it or just aligning with us? That's a good question. I don't have an answer for that one. <laughs> so are there very many people practicing uh, the integrative veterinary medicine? It's getting more popular. Um, I think it's, you know, a lot of consumer-driven, too, um, because people are asking for it, at least in my world. Um, and and hopefully it will continue to expand. What are the advantages? Huh? What are the advantages of blending the traditional veterinary medicine and surgery with integrated, you know, the integrative techniques? Um, you can just make the heat, the integrative can often make surgery go better. Um, uh, it can help eliminate some of the complications. Like I said, sometimes when Western doesn't have an answer, the alternative does. And sometimes you do need surgery and you do need emergency care. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. They, go, they intertwine very well. And the cool thing with my practice is some people come in not knowing anything about integrative practice, but they're open-minded enough that they leave here with herbs Fantastic. or something else. Um, and and can, come to think about it, that might turn around how they treat themselves as well. I often, I keep business cards for the local um, acupuncturists and and cranial sacral because often once they see how well their pet does they are interested for themselves what i find fascinating about what we call the alternatives but some of them are older than our stuff right um medicine is that they are frequency based and i had a student that was a veterinarian and he would have me come in when he was doing complex long surgeries and i would recalibrate the uh, medication that he would be putting the animal under with to the animal's frequency. And he said he had huge, you know, a huge uh, increase in um, the animals doing better under anesthesia, coming out of it better, and that sort of thing. Have you worked with that at all? 
No, I haven't. That sounds quite interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I'm wondering if the laser could do something like that. Could be. Sometimes I'll laser after surgery, but I guess my focus has been more on detoxing, which maybe is what you're talking about, and, um, and wound healing and pain. So you're using the laser to uh, remove the trauma that was put in by the procedure. Yes. Sign me up. <laughs> and I, I, I do that frequently, remove the memory of trauma in the cells with the laser. And do you see peop, uh, the animals healing better when you do that? Yes, yes. I, I had a horse that had been injured um, with some inappropriate training techniques, and so I was lasering it for the scar tissue and the, the wound healing, and it dawned on me he probably had some emotional issues, and he was known to attack people. And um, so I started doing it, and he got really amped up. And then about halfway through, he let out a big sigh, calmed down, relaxed. Well, a year later, I was called to treat him because he had a bellyache, and I was kind of fearful because I usually stick a tube down their nose, and this was a 17-hand horse and and that would attack people. And um, I went to see him, and um, he indeed needed a tube down his nose, and he stood there with no restraint, and I passed it. And then when I went to leave, he came over and put his head on my chest. Oh. (laughs) So he remembered me a year later. Yeah. And um, it made... One treatment made that profound of an effect on him. And it lasted. It, that's what's interesting. Yeah. It seems like people backslide more than animals do. Sometimes people want to hold on to their illness. <laughs> we, a lot, we have a lot to learn from animals, don't we? Yeah, I don't think they're as attached. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they're... sometimes it seems like if they're taking it on for their owner, that's the one time I find it difficult. So back to that, they're aligning with what their owner has, and because their owner's attached to it, they're helping them work with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. I'd like to talk a little bit more about, um, and we have about a little less than a minute left, so we'll pick it up on the other side of a commercial break. But when, when did you first start working with a medical intuitive? About 10 years ago. Um, my I, The same horse, his taken me on quite a journey and um, he took me to a clinic that I happened to meet this person and then we ended up working together for about five years and still do sometimes. On the other side of the break I'd like to get a little deeper into that because that's integrative medicine at its finest I'm thinking. Yeah there you go. (laughs) All right so it is time for another short pause. Dr. Janet and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break so don't go away. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network, where new and exciting things are always afoot. You don't want to miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic, your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Dr. Janet Varos, an Iowa State graduate engaging in a mixed practice practice specializing in integrative veterinary medicine. Her website, animalcareponcha.com. That's P-O-N-C-H-A. 
AnimalCarePoncha.com. We were just getting into talking about medical intuitive. And medical intuitive is a shamanic skill, but there's also, you know, new age people that aren't necessarily shamanically trained that are medical intuitive as well. Could you tell us a little bit about your experience of working with it? Yeah, it it was quite interesting because when I met her, I wasn't even sure I believed in animal communication. And um, and then next thing I knew, we were doing medical stuff together. So, <laughs> um, but she, she could, the interesting thing with my laser seemed to open up the animals so she could see deeper. To right, I can understand that. Injuries or whatever uh, was going on in the animal. And then she could also see... Um, what changes took place as I lasered, how the mm-hmm. animal was responding. And so um, we often did joint sessions that way. That and would really be informative then because she's seeing what you're doing and you're getting feedback, almost like biofeedback. Yes, and um, that opened my door for me for cranial sacral work um, because I was doing that um, in those sessions. And then I found out more about it. The same horse took me to meet a cranial sacral person. That horse has I been a server for you. <laughs> oh, he's he's my shaman. <laughs> Amazing. So um, how do you do cranial sacral on horses? Um, they love it. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 323232 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 323232 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 323232 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 323232 32 now text grade to 323232 they really love it and um they you just put your hands on so cranial sacral would you describe that for us please um cranial sacral in the the best definition is that you tap into the um the rhythm of the cerebral spinal fluid moving but um it can go quite deeper than that but you can you can really feel by putting your hands on their spine that that motion and um, and kind of help be a fulcrum to allow the body to reset itself. Are you able to track uh, imbalances then and restrictions through the the cerebral uh, fluid? Yes, yes. And I've also heard that um, you know a lot of our brain actually is in our spine as well as well as in our gut, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. but so that would mean, that would mean that you're really affecting a change, um, uh, in the whole nervous system, aren't you? Yes. And, and then I think, and then there's lymphatics involved in that because now they're finding that the cerebral spinal fluid and the lymphatics are connected. Oh, that's fascinating. So then, then you've got the- your immune system going. Yes, and then you've got the connective tissue that in vet school they just saw as fibrous bands is actually an energetic soup that everything flows through the meridians and stuff. So, you know, you can affect quite a bit. Just from laying your hands on the the cerebral spinal rhythm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and how about veterinary orthopedic manipulation? How do you do that, and what benefits have you seen? So that's using um, a, a chiropractic mallet, and you go down the spine, and animals have a paniculus response. So that's like a sometimes a little jerk or a jump when they're out, and so you can kind of track that. And I've seen amazing results. I do a lot of paralyzed dogs. And they'll start walking again um, without surgery. Wow. Now, do you use a regular chiropractic activator? 
Yes, yes. And what's, what's the principle behind that tool? That helps release the soft tissue, the fascia, and um, kind of keep the alignment from going out of adjustment faster. So, so the bones go where the muscles pull them, basically. Yes. So if you just treat the spine but not the soft tissue, you're probably not going to have near the effect how in long my have you, world. How long have you been doing the alternative now? Um, probably about 15 years. And what, how much improved would you say your effectiveness as a practitioner is as a result? Oh, it's hugely better because now I see things that I didn't used to see. Um, when I palpate, I find different things. Um, I pick up pain a lot easier because uh, animals often are prey animals or pred- they are the prey, and so they don't want to show their, um, their problems. So just learning an acupuncture exam was huge in opening up a whole new vision for me of seeing seeing imbalances. Do you get a visual on it, or do you feel heat signatures? It, it just depends on the day and the animal. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll feel heat. Um, just putting my hands on, I'll feel, uh, with acupuncture points, sometimes I'll feel uh, depressions or fullness or pain. or um, So it, it, there's just so much more using your diagnostic skills that's not taught in vet school. You know, it, it occurs to me that you've had to scrounge around <laughs> in all sorts of different places to get the education and, and alternative um, practices. Is there some place that a veterinarian can go and is this taught anywhere in, in, in its completeness? No. Um, the, there's places like the Qi Institute in Florida that teaches traditional Chinese medicine which includes herbal and food therapy and acupuncture. So that's probably the most complete that is I it, know of. Is it specifically for veterinarians or is it just for yes. medical people? Most for veterinarians. No, just for veterinarians. Nice. nice, nice. Well, let's open up a school. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm game. You're game. See, see how easy you are. <laughs> well, I don't have to do emergencies, right? Right, right. There you go. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about animal communication. What's been your experience of it? Um, you know, some people are truly gifted. I find there's different levels um, which can progress to the, uh, the, the medical intuitive part of it. But um, I find a lot of my clients, are t- they just know things about their animals that they may not realize it's animal communication, but it is. You know how mine started out is I used to entertain the family by saying what I thought the dog was thinking, right? Uh-huh. I just speak it. And then suddenly one day I realized, oh, <laughs> I'm actually communicating what the animal is thinking or feeling. And I'd be reading body language and expression and all this stuff, but I actually got quite good at it. And what I found is every animal, just like every human, is different. Some are kinesthetic, some are visual, some are audio. So I get the information through from different channels. Have you seen that be the case? I would, I would agree with that um, because I don't always get information the same way when I'm working on animals. So do you sometimes get words? I do. I do. Sometimes I do. Um, and, and sometimes especially... Uh, at some emotional times, sometimes the animal will communicate to me um, something they want the owner to hear. Mm-hmm. And the first time that happened, I was too shy to say anything. And it was at an end-of-life thing, and I felt horrible. But it, was a, I, it wasn't a, anybody I'd ever met, and I never met again because I was out of town at a friend's place helping her. And, and so now I, I just blurt it out whether it makes sense or not. So can you give us a, can you tell us a story about one of those times? Uh, I can, the, can I tell about my dog? Yes. That's probably the safest for me to go. Right. To, you're, but, talk, um, you're talking about Sally Joe. Yeah. My dog yeah. that I lost 
in the mountains. And so we were very close. She's a therapy dog, and we were just very close. And I lost her up in the mountains, and and I looked all over for her, and I knew she was panicked, and I was pretty panicked. And um, so I finally stilled myself and told her that you need to find me because I can't find you. And, um, and so then I pictured how I would feel when I found her coming down the road and how excited I would be. And I just held that picture and, um, pretty soon I walked down the road and I turned behind me and there she was coming, um, down the road towards me. Oh, that's beautiful. So that's, that's kind of an example of a of animal that would be more visual then. Yeah, I was showing her, but also I, you know, I'd worked with this communicator and she said, you know, if you go on vacation, make sure you touch base with your dog and tell them and stuff. Well, of course I forget. So I'm on my way home and I remembered. So I said, Hey, Sally Joe, I'm going to be home pretty soon. I'm on my way. And someone had been at my house before that. And then I got home about an hour later and, um, Charlie McCarthy and Santa Claus had been annihilated. she she got so excited she destroyed them and then so another time I was coming home early and I was texting my friend who was house setting and I said hey I'm gonna be I'm coming home earlier than I expected she was at my house at the time and she said when she got my text Sally grabbed a toy and started racing around the house (laughs) they feel they feel our intent coming at them don't they Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I know my son has a Malamute, and they're, of course, uh, bred from the Alaskan timber wolf um, and bred to babysit the, the tribe's children. But they're very, very wolf-like, very pack-oriented, and he's very attached to his papa, my son. And when I babysit him, I said, now, Mark, please tell him where you're going and when you'll be back, because I won't be able to, he's, you know, 135, 40 pounds. I said, if he gets a mind to go follow you, I'm not going to be able to stop him. Every time, if Mark tells him what he's going to do and when he'll be back, I have no problem. If he forgets, all heck cuts loose. Have you had those kind of stories? No, just destroying things when it wasn't. And I did have, um, I have a little pug now, and she um, is food motivated, and she got into a loaf of bread for a friend of mine, and my friend um, took it anyway because she wasn't going to give up homemade bread. And, but she posted a picture of it on Facebook, and so I heard about it all day. And that evening I sat down on the couch with my laptop, and Zoe came to jump next to me, and she jumped on the couch at the same time that picture of the bread popped up. <laughs> and she looked at me and she looked at the computer and tucked her tail and left. <laughs> <laughs> and I never said a word. <laughs> That's effective dog training there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be one, another one of those great moments that we take a little commercial break. Um, But before we we pause, let me remind you to check out the amazing upcoming Galactic Shamanism classes for both children and adults. They're upcoming soon on www.findyourpathhome.com. Dr. Janet and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. We'll talk more about animals, animal communication, and magical things. This is the Science of Magic, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric, working to create common ground for the betterment of our world, Join our email family to receive our amazing topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? I always love to hear from my listeners. Email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic that's on your mind. You're probably not the only one that would enjoy hearing about it. Our special guest this hour is Dr. Janet Varhos, an Iowa State graduate engaging in a mixed practice specializing in integrative veterinary medicine. Her website, animalcarepancha.com, P-O-N-C-H-A, animalcarepancha.com. Janet, we were getting into the magic of this. I mean, aren't animals just absolutely magic? How do we miss this? Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, another thing that I, I find fascinating is interspecies relationships. So I remember one time I saw a film where these two hounds were running next to their owners who were riding mules, right? And just going along on a family, family jog. All of a sudden, a cougar came running up to grab one of the hounds. And one of the mules grabbed it by the tail, spun it around, slammed it to the ground, and then stomped it to death to protect his hound. Have you heard those kind of stories? Are they that common? I think they are. I think they are. Um, yes. I, I know my dogs and horses interact a lot. Um, and the, the last dog I brought home, the horses looked at him like, oh, you're back. Like oh. they knew him. There wasn't because my horse will attack dogs unless he knows them. Uh huh. And um and he just accepted that dog from the minute he walked home. And um and the, you, was it like a past think, life connection? I don't know. Could be. Could be. Uh, the way the whole family accepted him, he probably's been there before. <laughs> Did, had you been thinking about bringing the dog home for a while, like maybe picked it up from your field? I had this this horse or this dog I manifested because I'd been thinking for about five years of what my next dog was going to be, but I wasn't ready for it because I had Sally Joe and and even after she passed, I wasn't ready for it. Um, but he came into my life and I was out hiking with him when I realized that that's who he was. And I had been saying for years that I was going to get me a Tucker dog um, <laughs> after a friend's dog whose name was Tucker that I really admired. And, um, and not only did this dog come with the name Tucker, he met all the requirements. And since I'm a pug lover, he came with a curly tail. Oh. <laughs> and I used to have a black pug. And I say, if he ever came back, this is the body he would pick. Mm. Mm. Um, because he was crippled most of his life, could not run and play, and this dog does nothing but run and play. And um, and him and my horse, they race um, in the mountains. I hike with my horse um, at Liberty, and they get to racing across the meadows and definitely are communicating. That's amazing. Again, like Packer Herd. Uh, how they generalize like that is just amazing to me. You have some lovely stories about your your little service dog um, in your clinic and how she's a little healer. Would you mind sharing those? Uh, she was a therapy dog, and she 
she would know if an animal was seriously ill, she would stay with it, um, often lay next to it through a treatment. Uh, and she was never wrong, because sometimes I would think that I was going to be the hero and save this animal, and yet she wouldn't leave its side, and she, oftentimes um, it was terminal. And other times I thought it was serious and she was off somewhere else, sleeping, not even concerned a bit, and it would survive. How many years did you work together? I had her 11 years. And when did you first start noticing her, her therapy skills? When, I, when she was five months old was when I had the ITP, and I got out of the hospital, and if I was in bed, she was in bed with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any of you have ever had a five-month-old boxer, she should have been destroying my house less than <laughs> that much. And she was not. And so I said, I'm going to make her a therapy dog as soon as she's old enough. And she also, you know, helped the human component. If if a client was in here with a health issue or a family crisis, she always picked up on it, and she would not leave them. And um, she went to the school and the kids would read to her, and she managed to pick out all the Title I kids, the kids that needed extra help with reading. She would pick them out. Were the teachers and able to see that that was going on? She would love on them and sit on them and lick them and just bother them the entire time. <laughs> you know, I almost died of pneumonia when I was in my 30s. And I was in bed for three months, and I had a cat that laid on my chest purring loudly the entire three months. She only left me alone long enough to eat or drink or use the cat box. Um, but before that time, she never purred at all. And after I healed, she never purred at all. Have you seen anim- animals actually energetically working with people? I I would guess that she did. Um, and I have a little pug that I was doing a um, guided meditation session, and she started out laying between my legs and... I noticed as we worked, she kept moving, and she went to every one of my chakras. And by the time we finished, she was draped over the top of my head. (laughs) Oh, man. Do they just come with this, or are some of them more gifted than others? Probably like people. Some are more gifted. I think some are, when they're listened to, they're empowered. And they... um, you know, just like us, if once I didn't know half of what I was doing till I worked with a medical intuitive and she could help me see what I was doing. So in other words, you're giving the animal feedback for what they're doing. Yes, I think I am. And my little pug, I've seen her go up to, um, there's a, one old dog she treats. He comes in here and he's got bad elbows and a bad knee. She stops at the elbows, decides they're not worth it. And goes back to the knee, and she spends the entire session licking that one knee. Wow. Wow. And does, does, does it change? Like, she just has a sense of what's needed, needed at any given time? She'll work on different animals in different ways. Just amazing. What do you think is people's greatest misunderstanding about animals? I mean, we clearly don't have a clue, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think the it's it's so funny when the reports come out that animals are sentient beings that they can think, they can love, and I I think anybody that's loved an animal, and has had the animal love them back, that's no um, that's no new information. No, it's not but for society to start to recognize that is huge. Yeah, the you know some of the societies or some of the religions that believe they don't have souls. Um, <laughs> No. <laughs> I, yeah, I they've can't. never had a pet. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> if they did, they're deaf, dumb, and blind. I mean, how can you miss it? They have such deep emotions and such devotion, um, you know, that it's almost impossible to miss the, the light in their eyes and the, the beautiful love in their hearts. And yet, what's happening to them right now is heartbreaking. How do you think we can turn it around? I think each affect our own little corner. Yeah, yeah. So if you were to give animals a voice at this particular time in history, what do you think they'd be trying to tell us? We need to start taking care of things. Mm. 
Mm. That's pretty much the same thing I've been getting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> if you have an animal and you're wanting to start to learn to communicate with it, to hear on a deeper level, how do you recommend people to get started? I worked with an animal communicator. Um, some of them have classes. The biggest thing is just open your heart. Um, my, a horse showed me that one skill one time, and that's been a huge thing for me to get more information is to be to listen with my heart instead of my brain. And we've lost that, haven't we? Yes, especially you know our our academic totally pushes towards doing everything from the brain. And that's not where we communicate, you know? (laughs) There's an electromagnetic field generated around the human's body by the heart as it spins the blood in a spiral configuration. And and then the red blood cells with the iron, it creates this electromagnetic field. We all know about it. It's measurable. Animals have the same one. And if we're centered in our heart, where those electromagnetic fields cross, we have a direct line of communication. Isn't that why it's most important to come from the heart? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So they have a lot to teach us about being in the heart, don't they? They have a lot to teach us about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and my horse is trying hard. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he now? Uh, he's... Seventeen. Wow. Still still kicking strong, huh? Oh, yeah. 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 Do you still ride him? No. No. I've had trouble keeping his back well, and there comes a point when you have a partner that getting on their back doesn't seem appropriate. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Does he go on walks with you and stuff, though, still? Yes, when my schedule permits. But... Yeah. <laughs> and well, he, just... he's, he has a bad habit of when we get close to the trailer not to let me catch him because <laughs> um, he never wants he thinks I need to stay out longer <laughs> well time flies unfortunately we're out of it Dr. Janet thanks so much for taking time to be with us and share your amazing stories about our animal friends our guest this hour has been Dr. Janet Vahos, an Iowa State graduate engaging in a mixed practice specializing in integrated veterinary medicine her website animalcarepancha.com this has been the science of magic Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with the love of your animals.